0: Bye. For listening to the digest, this is episode 13, and on this episode, we have a double Dario double feature. We're going to be discussing two films from the Italian horror maestro Dario Argento. We're going to be talking Suspiria from 1977 and Deep Red. It's going to be huge. Before we get to the movies, let me introduce my co hosts. Paris welcome back how is it going
1: howdy doody tootie fruities
0: wow is that like your new catchphrase or something
1: I'm trying a new catchphrase every time so.
0: <laughs> you just haven't fa- just haven't found one mm. the workshop
1: yeah I'm really looking for something that's you know that's me
0: mm. and well, so
1: far I feel like uh, maybe I'm just not a catchphrase person. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you'll stumble into one one of these days it'll happen organically The one day you don't come prepared with one, you're just going to stumble right into the all-time catchphrase. I mean, that
1: is what happened last time, and I embarrassed myself, so who knows?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And Travis, what's going on, dude?
1: Oh,
2: not too much.
0: Why don't you uh, tell the listeners about our picks? uh, This is your choice for the double feature. You're the the Mm -hmm. programmer for this episode. Uh, Talk to us. What's going on? So we have probably
2: argento's two most popular slash celebrated films of his filmography today uh the main reason why i chose these were i really wanted matt to watch the original suspiria and see how it holds up compared to the remake because i know that is a uh, beloved film of his Mm -hmm. yours
0: it's very true very true. We'll
2: have to and then, circle back to you that. know. Just throw in deep red to uh, make it a double and <laughs> we'll go from
0: there. <laughs> so, uh this is these films are considered uh giallo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, mm-hmm. but that's giallo. Uh, giallo? Yep. Giallo. Cool. <laughs> did you uh did you I click one of those? I think
1: it's pronounced sha-a-a-a-a-lo.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were going to say shat that.
2: for a second. I was mm-hmm. like, well, don't no, play your I cards
1: too a, soon. <laughs> I was doing A Star is Born. That
0: was a killer reference.
1: In the shat. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs>
0: um, so this, these are... Uh, Shialo is a uh, genre of kind of pulpy Italian horror mystery films that were like a uh, popularized in the came about in the 60s i think popularized in the 70s and Argento is arguably the most famous uh giallo director
2: Oh yeah, he's on the Mount Rushmore of giallo. Oh
0: yeah, you got you got him, you got Mario Bava, um Fulci <laughs> Fulci Just uh, a <laughs> two person Mount Rushmore. There's got to be someone else too. Is is it Leo? Leo Fulci? Lucio, Lucio Fulci. Yep. And um, it's got to be a fourth one, right? He's like the Who's even on Mount Rushmore? It's it's George Washington, what? Abraham like Lincoln. People. Yeah, who Yeah, but I can only name two of them. Who are the other two?
2: It's Thomas Duncan.
0: Jefferson? Washington,
1: no? Jefferson, Benjamin Franklin.
0: Benjamin Franklin wasn't a president.
1: I didn't say he was a president. I said I thought he was on there.
0: <laughs> well, he's, my, he's, on, he's on. our money. Like what? I don't know. The point being, <laughs> he invented
1: electricity.
0: <laughs> what? The <laughs> point being that you can name three of the people on Mount Rushmore, and then you struggle to come up with the fourth. Just like Giallo, right? What was the point exactly? He was making? Sure. Anyway, <laughs> so let's uh, let's just dive right in. So we're going to be starting with uh, Deep Red and once again i queued up on imdb uh the wrong film because i made assumptions a little me making assumptions again (laughs) uh so let me pull up deep red real quick deep red they came out travis correct me if i'm wrong they came out back to not back to back literally but like suspiria was the film that followed deep red is that right yeah do you know yeah okay so deep red Plot synopsis is a jazz pianist and a wisecracking journalist are pulled into a jazz penis. Oh, thank you for correcting me, Paris. Jazz penis and a (laughs) wisecracking journalist are pulled into a complex web of mystery after the former witnesses the brutal murder of a psychic. Um also known for being Argento's first collaboration with Goblin credited as the goblins in this film. Um, Goblin are like a prog rock band, mm-hmm. I guess. Yes. <laughs> um, Probably
2: most known for their scores or music for Argento.
0: I would say definitely most known for their, well, scores in general, but Argento is the uh, their main collaborator. Um, people pay money to see those old fucks perform Argento music, so that's a. I know I would. Story to uh, you would pay to see Goblin. Are they still around? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I mean, as of a couple years ago, they were still touring. I don't know if that's still the case. John Carpenter. Oh, Carpenter for sure. Pay
2: to see Goblin. Goblin has some bangers, for sure.
1: You know, if you had asked me this a few years ago, I would have been like, absolutely not. I would never go see a someone performing like film scores, but uh Kurt and I went to After hanging out with us (laughs) Mm, I don't know about that, but Darn. Um Kurt and I went to go see the Final Fantasy Orchestra uh, a few years ago in the before times, not that long ago though. And um I didn't had never played Final Fantasy and I still really liked it. It was kind of beautiful and they like showed scenes from the game and stuff and played along with those scenes and it was I don't know, that was really neat. So I was like maybe, maybe film scoring Maybe film scores in concert would be neat.
0: Trey took me to that, the Final Fantasy uh, orchestra. Oh yeah,
1: your girlfriend before Haley. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he, uh, I'm not gonna say Sorry. he dragged much, me there. Much, but...
1: much love, much love to Trey.
0: <laughs> he didn't drag me there, but I definitely, you know, I don't have much of an affinity for Final Fantasy, so it was cool though. It's really cool. Honestly,
1: uh, I play Final Fantasy right now. I'm, I'm, I'm a gamer, you guys. Oh, yeah.
0: I forgot you started playing uh, Final Fantasy XIV, right?
1: Yeah. It's very easy, which is why I can play it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. So, while we're on the topic of
2: goblin music, or just the music of these movies in general, Mm -hmm. um, Paris, did you watch both of these with Kurt?
1: Uh, Yes, I did.
2: Was he rocking out the whole time?
1: So, he was definitely very interested in the Music. He, uh, we watched Aspiria first and didn't see them credited. And so he was like, let me look up this band. Who is this? It's very proggy. Like I'm into it kind of. And then um, in. He started slapping uh, the bass. Uh, <laughs> no.
2: Slapping the bass. <laughs> but in
1: deep red, um, we did. He has this recollection that we weren't able to Google. So I'm gonna put it out to the world. The children's song that plays it is on the score, and I believe it is called. Oh gosh, what is it called? The here we are. Um, so the album itself is called Profondo Rosso. For the that's what the movie is, I guess in Italian, mm-hmm. and that's what the this score soundtrack is called or whatever. And so the children's song is Deep Shadow, the one that's like la la la. Yeah. You yeah. guys know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking so about. He is adamant that he has heard that song played either at the beginning or played over in some black metal music, which he's very into. And he couldn't find fitting. the song. Right? I feel like that makes sense. He seems to recall maybe a woman screaming over it. He couldn't find the song. So I was putting it out there to you, maybe even to the listeners. Like, mm. does the song exist? Is this all in Kurt's head? Who knows?
0: <clears throat> I'm not need sure. Might that one. Yeah, wait. So you said something about Googling didn't turn up a result. Did you try to figure it out and he couldn't? or
1: Right. So we were looking it up. I He was kind of trying to looking it up by just like googling like children's song from deep red I actually found this song from the soundtracks the score or the score album and um, sent it to him and then he was trying to look at it from that and still kind of came up short but you know it was just yesterday so maybe we'll find (laughs) something
2: nothing on IMDB trivia
1: no you know I scour that
2: (laughs) (laughs) yep damn (laughs) someone's gotta do it
1: (laughs) (laughs) always coming in hot with those fun
2: facts. Hey, no, I appreciate those. Because I figure you give us the Cliff Notes version, so I don't have to go look at them myself. You're just going to give us all the goods. and
1: Yeah, let's be honest. IMDb trivia section is basically a pile of dumpster fish. And then if you (laughs) dig through it, occasionally you're like, oh, is this a rare fish that I can eat? That's neat, surrounded by smelly dumpster fish.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of, uh, you look at some of the stuff on that trivia section for a movie and you're like, this isn't even, this isn't even trivia. This is an uh, unrelated fact about something else that somebody <laughs> just like put in here. My favorite trivia,
1: we're kind of going off and end right now, but just to kind of uh, cap it off, my favorite trivia is where... Um, they'll be like oh these two people were in this movie together they were also in this other movie let me tell you a fact about this other movie that they were in and I'm like what
0: <laughs> this is not the Which place IMDB, IMDb?
1: yeah <laughs> what page are we on what's happening <laughs>
0: um, okay so Deep Red um, this is so I watched Aspiria first and I had seen Tenebrae that was my first Argento so Deep Red was the third and of those three, of this little this little sampler plate, Argento sampler plate, uh, deep red is the worst of the three. <laughs> um, so the stale that clears that up. The sampler plate, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's um, it was okay. Uh, I enjoyed it. the The music, like the main theme, is pretty rocking. Like when that bass line kicks in, like right before there's like a suspense scene, like that was pretty cool. I love the reoccurring imagery mm-hmm. of the the black leather gloves. That was neat. And uh, I want to talk about this more, but I did think it was cool that if you're paying attention, you find out who the killer is like ten minutes into the movie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so. We
1: okay we paused it at that part
2: the power of pause so
1: i don't want to give you know blow my load too soon but because i'm sure we'll talk about it more later but the part that you're referring to where you could figure out who the killer is we had paused it because kurt was like i think i saw the photo the the painting I want to rewind and we were like pretty far ahead and I was like okay cool like let's go back to it who cares you know and we went back to it and I was like oh yeah that looks like hmm, you know so and so and we're like oh that's weird and I was like hmm that's a weird thing maybe she knew her blah blah like I just didn't even think about it and then when I got to the end I was like oh we're dumb
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I want to talk about that more some later but what the fuck did I just say? I think I just had a stroke. Morsem. <laughs> I want to talk about that m- <laughs> some more later. So mm. I, I think just, you just just create a, a new word. Morsem. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk some some later.
1: <laughs> Should we call someone? Is Haley there?
0: Oh, uh, like... can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I, I touched are you my mic. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I touched my mic and it like started hissing at me, so I. Uh, <laughs> I wiggled it some more and it stopped Are you sure that
1: wasn't your cat? What's happening?
0: No, I so uh, the cord, the USB cord that I have to plug into my microphone is not the one designed for this mic. It's designed for a Wii U controller uh, because I lost the original USB cable. So it's a little loosey-goosey. And I touched it, and it started making weird sounds. So
1: fun anecdote. Same, except the one I have is designed for the Nintendo Switch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> God, Nintendo! They just make such versatile products. You know what I mean? If you yeah. need a cord, just look in the old bin and dig out the some old GameCube <laughs> audio/video cables or N64, uh, <laughs> an old USB. <laughs> um. So, general impressions. You know, Deep Red was okay. I was super into it at the beginning and then the whole middle portion is pretty fucking boring. Um, Some cool kills and there's some stylistic elements that I liked, but overall pretty underwhelmed by it compared to, um, you know, not to get too far ahead of myself, but compared to Suspiria, I was a little underwhelmed.
2: I think it's fair to say deep red is a little overrated because I know it's either considered his best or his second best, depending on who you ask.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Really? Hmm. and what would be if it was second best what would be first
2: oh come on we're gonna talk about it here in a little bit
1: <laughs> oh okay it would be superior i didn't well i wasn't sure i don't know his whole like oof so i wasn't
0: well sure. i mean there's there's people that they a, a lot of his movies have defenders like there are some people who think tenebrae is his best i know some people really like opera Um uh bird with the crystal plumage some people really like so i mean there's there's more variants out there but the two most widely considered you know his best films would be suspiria and deep red would be like the the two heavy hitters
1: so this this is a good intro into his collection of films
0: yeah totally um But if you're not a fan of
2: these, then I don't know if you want to dig deeper.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you watch these two films and you come away with a thinking, uh, why do people like these movies? You're probably not going to find more if you do some digging, you know what I mean? Like these are for a very specific. Basically
1: stop, stop digging if you don't like it. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, we can,
0: we can get into some of the flourishes that come with, you know, Argento and Giallo films in general, but, um, Someone else give their general impressions. That's what's to go?
2: Yeah, that's what these movies are all about. The flourishes mm-hmm. and the music. Um, I would agree with Matt that it's um, it was okay. I was a little underwhelmed by it. Uh, I do think the score and some of the like gore kill scenes are probably the best thing about it. And that's typically, I think, why people dig these types of movies is for the, just like the the atmosphere and the kills, because they're pretty gory, especially mm-hmm. for this time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, this one felt a little like slower and campier than Suspiria. I'm probably gonna be comparing it a lot to Suspiria because I don't really have much to compare it to, and I felt like the tone was it doesn't work as well. as Suspiria it, f- it just felt a little like goofier, and the music didn't really quite match the movie as well Um, Mm -hmm. I do like I think it looks really good like the camera work is pretty awesome there's a lot of cool like tracking shots or zooms or even like when he uses like like wide lenses and like shoots from far away I I think all that stuff is cool Um, but yeah it does kind of dip as far as my uh, like entertainment or interest in the middle of it it does feel kind of like um, a De Palma movie, and I'm sure De Palma is uh, inspired by Argento. Uh, it felt kind of reminiscent sorry, of Dress I'm to Kill.
1: A, I'm not a movie nerd quite as bad as you two are. Can you remind me of some De Palma films? Brian De Palma, right?
2: Yeah, Carrie. Mm-hmm. Carrie, Dress to Kill, uh, Blowout. Blowout. Scarface.
1: Okay, interesting.
2: But yeah, just some, mainly like the production design, like some of the locations, sets and costumes. Like I feel like the killer looks very similar and dressed to kill as they do in this movie.
0: Mhm. Well, I think <clears throat> some of those similarities may come from just kind of like the the pulpy nature of these films. Like they're going for like a, like a pulpy murder mystery type thing. Cause the, the, the term, uh, comes from, uh, novels, like basically what you would expect to see, um, in a grocery store like the the, the mass market novels. paperbacks exactly it's, it would be the italian equivalent of that so this is like the movie version literal pulp fiction exactly that kind of took <laughs> on its own <laughs> took on its own life um when you know movie nerds flocked to it after they realized that there was interesting stuff happening but um paris what about you this you you watched the spirit of first right so deep red was technically your second argento experience okay
1: exactly i did watch suspiria first um and then deep red um and actually um again not to go too much into Suspiria before we get there but i liked deep red better Um, which sounds like different (laughs) from how y'all felt (laughs) um and again i don't want to get into it too much but I do think that had something to do with having seen the remake when it came out in theaters um, uh, for Suspiria. Oh,
2: no. you're not yeah, supposed to I do mean, that.
1: <laughs> I'm not supposed to have already seen it. No, two, just don't compare it ago, to the remake
2: now. because they're no, like I, so different. So
1: we'll we'll get into it later. We'll we'll get into that. Yeah, um, sure. I just I just wanted to. S- Wanted to say that they were they were pretty even, but I did like Deep Red better. Although I did wanna ask because I guess you guys did bring up the fact that it has some pretty gruesome and brutal kills, but it almost the part that didn't involve the actual like goriness felt almost like more of a murder mystery versus a horror film. Which was interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think that I want to. I think it was Matt that said that the music almost didn't seem to fit the tone of the film. Uh, I watched this with that Kurt was as we mentioned, and mm-hmm. oh, Travis, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Ch- Travis, you said that, and then Kurt also said that as it was playing. He liked the music, but he was like, "This doesn't really match tonally." And yeah. I felt like it kind of matched if I thought of it more as like a pulpy murder mystery. Um, I'm really interested. I haven't heard of this genre. What was it again?
0: Travis, you're the one who corrected me. (laughs) Jalo.
1: Jalo? Okay. So I haven't heard of the Jello genre before. Um, (laughs) But I will say the way you guys described it made me almost like both of these movies more because I wasn't sure how seriously to take it. When I looked online, I kind of had the feeling that people took this very like seriously, very straight. And I was like, this is pretty like, like they're both pretty campy, kind of pulpy, kind of have that. I mean, can we, we, no one has mentioned this. The fact that both movies and I'm assuming all of his movies, but we can talk about that are overdubbed to the point of hilarity
2: almost (laughs) uh i don't know i feel like both of these i mean there's there's definitely more dubbing in suspiria than deep red um i have like a excuse for it in suspiria and but i kind of just um let it all slide because it's kind of par for the course
1: well, so of this th- genre but yeah i think this is my only these are my only two entries into the genre so it could just be part of that kind of vibe but an interesting thing is um one of the actresses noted in suspiria that they didn't record any of the sound while they were filming she said it was so odd to be on set speaking lines and you could hear like someone on a different set like hammering away building a set
2: was this just like a um Italian thing or was this just like a thing of the time because a lot of spaghetti westerns do the same thing where they rely on dubbing maybe instead the of recording sound original recording audio
1: equipment yeah maybe the sound recording equipment just wasn't up to par so it just wouldn't sound good well, unless it was recorded in a studio
2: yeah, I think it's a combination of things and also just to like appeal to a wider audience because I don't think Americans were that into watching subtitled movies. I still don't think I, they are, I, but I we've come if it was, some way.
1: <laughs> I thought it was really interesting that it was an Italian director, but they were all speaking English, but the credits were in Italian. And so I was wondering if this was an Italian movie that had been overdubbed for, like, to be for English audiences. But then, but then it seemed like maybe that wasn't the case because they were all, most of them were speaking the same language that was being dubbed, you know? It almost felt like, um, it almost felt like, like, uh, when you watch anime and you watch the English dubs and their mouths totally don't match up, to what they're saying. And it's sort of disconcerting. And sounds like. Like a, a dub. and ADR. ADR doesn't have to sound bad. But it very easily can. And I think most of the time. It was fine. But then it was sometimes. It would almost take me out of the movie.
0: Most of the time. You don't really notice it. But I think. the main When you do notice it. It's because. It is Italian actors who are trying to say English words and they don't like, they're trying to deliver the lines in English and they can't speak English. So you notice it a lot more.
1: And I think clearly whoever, and I think that's the other thing is like, um, clearly whoever was uh, recording over them was not their voice. Yeah. And I think that made it worse.
0: I think that's how it is for the most part. Like, I think. Uh, unless it's, like, an English-speaking, like, an American actor. Like, both of these movies have, you know, like, British or American leads in them. I think, besides some of the main characters, it's not that actor's voice that you're hearing in the dub. Mm, Um, Right. And that that is very... I don't know if all of Argento's movies do that, but definitely all of his movies from this era. And I think it's a a combination of... um, access to equipment and budget cuz it was just cheaper to do the audio in post production than to have people so on wild. set and then do, you know, the audio engineering and then have to edit it in with the, the film. It was just cheaper. That's why a lot of spaghetti westerns do it that way. Too cuz it was just, you know, cheaper and it just it, it became uh part of the genre, right? You know, like spaghetti westerns, Jollo films like that's I think one of the main things that people gravitate to because it's it's different you know what I mean it, it makes it feel right. unique.
1: Yeah, it definitely lent itself to that kind of pulpy kind of campiness of it um, which I appreciated but like I wasn't sure how to read it. you know like sometimes I go into a movie and I'm like I know that this is gonna be a little silly. So I go in with more of that lens, and I feel like I'm able to enjoy it more. I think I might have retroactively enjoyed those movies more. Like I probably would enjoy them more on a second watch, with, more with that lens, I think. Mm-hmm. And honestly, probably would have rated them higher with that lens, to be honest. I mean, I I didn't dislike them. I just think I wasn't sure how serious to take them. Because, like I said, what I was getting from the internet was like, these are some of the scariest movies of all time. And I was like, there were some spooky moments, but scariest movies of all time, really? I think that's no. more of the
0: marketing that was behind them as opposed to like their reception. Cause Suspiria, if you look at some of the marketing for Suspiria, it's definitely like, you know, the scariest movie ever or, you know But not
1: just that, it's also on the list of the best, like, horror films and stuff. Very, very top. And like Part of a good horror film to me is, you know, did I poop my pants?
0: Yeah, and they're not not—they're not scary. I don't think either of these movies are scary. They're
2: pretty gory, especially for its time period. But yeah, I don't I, know if they're that scary. There's some creepy moments in them. There are yeah,
1: definitely yeah. some spoopy moments. I definitely... So I watched the first one and I had nightmares after that. I mean, I don't know if it was related, but I definitely had a nightmare after that. And I was like... Oh, I think that freaked me out more than I realized. Yeah? I, Suspiria? I think, yes. But I think that both Are of Are you them... sure you just
2: weren't watching Suspiria, but you thought you were having a nightmare? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, it wasn't related to witches or...
1: It actually... My nightmare was about uh, Mutant Hill, at least, so it was definitely about a different <laughs> movie that we watched. But I think that both of them had really creepy moments, and and honestly, like, ended in a way that I was like, "Was that even scary?" But then I felt creeped in my soul. So like, I get that. I just overall, I don't think of them as very scary. I think of them more as interesting. Film and I wanted to really touch on the fact that both, like both of these, but Deep Red was beautiful. I loved all of the set pieces and, like, in that first scene where you're zooming in in on the uh, auditorium at that lecture, and then even after that, when the you know jazz penis is walking. Through the (laughs) courtyard. And it's this huge soaring. Like wide open courtyard. You can hear it's 3am. From the clock tower. But there's no one there. There's these huge. Almost Greek or Roman statues there. Just really massive scale. And then you look over. And there's that painting. That coffee shop bar painting. And it was just beautiful and and all of the shots in this the color like it was it was beautiful the sound was really interesting even if sometimes it maybe didn't quite fit the tone and i i thought the use of sound in this actually was even better than Suspiria when when it would suddenly stop and start and swell and crescendo and and then pull back i loved all of that I think that it just, I don't know, it was just lacking a little bit of something, and I can't quite put my finger on it.
0: Well, I think for me, what it's lacking is the mystery aspect of it. Like, narratively, (laughs) it's very... Lucy goosey like you just Kind of move on from one red herring To another and it's just like Why are we in this scene How did he get this tip all of a sudden He just like towards the end of the movie Like maybe the start of the the last act When he drives by the mansion Like the where you know Like the where the ultimate revelation happens The haunted house uh, Did I don't know if I missed something But he just it's kind of seemed like
1: That's not where the ultimate confrontation Happens that's the school
0: well, no, but I mean, that's where he scratches the, the, the wall and he sees right. the, the old okay. painting. Yep. But the way it's presented, it seems like he was just driving by and he looked at it, you know, and then all no, of a sudden was, it's just part no, of the mystery. It was
1: the, there was a photo from the book. Did you miss that?
0: A photo from the book that said yeah, where the, it was?
1: The children's, the children's book had a photo of the house and he tracked it down
0: well so I guess I did miss that but it's still like just f- trying to follow the nar- the narrative thread it's it's really confusing and kind of yeah. silly um especially where it ultimately ends up going because you know I mean it it, hmm. it ends up being the other jazz penises mom and it's like spoiler why alert. you know what I mean <laughs> like it it, it it kind of plays to more me, just like shock value it, than actual totally, narrative payoff.
1: It totally made sense that I I, I actually want to argue this point a little bit because I because I disagree with you, and so so what in my mind what happened is very linear, right? The the jazz penis mom, I can't remember her name. She goes to see this telepath, you know, just goes to this. Interesting performance. Then the telepath realizes and recognizes that she has done a murder and knows who she is. So she's like, fuck, now I have to murder this telepath. So she murders the telepath, right? And then our main character, Jazz Penis that looks like Gene Wilder, I'm going to call him Jazzy Gene. (laughs) Jazzy Gene, you know, investigates it gets involved is starting to get this reporter involved blah 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 so then she's like fuck i need to kill him before he finds out right yeah then she knows that he's going to investigate this children's book author because he figures out that this house is part of the mystery right she knows he's going to investigate it bam children's author she has to murder that so he doesn't figure it out that it's her. Then once it leads him to the house, okay, great, you know that leads, and then that's where the the son comes in. Is like that's why he's like, it's all your fault. None of this would have happened if if he hadn't been investigating. Only the telepath murder would have happened, right?
0: Yeah, no, I'm not saying that you can't connect the dots I'm saying in the movie there's lots like when you trace it out that way it makes sense but that's not how it's presented in the movie I mean that's there's all exactly these
1: how it's presented
0: when you sum it up like that but the movie is like, 105 minutes. Like, moving from <laughs> moving from scene to scene, there's lots of dead ends. There's lots of scenes that don't really culminate in anything
1: that... I mean, it's yeah, supposed to... So it's a murder mystery, but, like, slash thriller or whatever. But, like... But Matt got the
2: ending in the first 10 minutes, so... Right. I mean, technically, so did we. We just didn't know that
1: we had it. Pause. So, literally, I just wanted to point this out again. We paused on the murderer's face... And my first thought was, wow, that telepath must have known the guy's mom because she's in a painting of his. What? <laughs> Dumb. Obviously, we were fooling ourselves. I think we we fooled ourselves because we thought it was Gianna the whole time.
0: Well, that's the reporter. Yeah, you're supposed to. And I think right, that's like
1: she's the main red herring. Right. Right. But the strength and how she shows up. And Carlo,
0: too. And Carlo. I mean, you know, his his uh, involvement, you know, makes a little bit more sense in retrospect. But the fact that he happened to be friends with the main guy, like it it makes sense when you connect the dots after you've watched it. But it's very disorienting while you're watching the movie. And I think that I think that's part of what people like about these movies. But it just made me lose interest while I was watching it in the mystery itself.
1: I will say that I think it loses momentum maybe around the end of the second act or so. Kind of like two-thirds of the way into the movie. It does lose some momentum and it's kind of like, okay. Like like it did maybe one too many of those red herrings or those dead stops where it just said, you know, someone writes on a wall in Steam, it was, and then doesn't say who it was. You know, like... Mm-hmm. There, there were maybe one too many of those, and it did drag on a little long. But overall, I still disagree. I felt, I didn't feel confused by it. I felt pretty riveted throughout the story, and I was enjoying the mystery and the ride it was taking me on.
0: Nice. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you, you liked it more than it seems like me and Travis did. Um, not that I disliked it. <laughs> I didn't dislike it. I just. I don't know, like I like the style of it. Like there were some really cool scenes, but
2: to sum up what you guys are talking about and not to sound like too film broy or nerdy, but I I do feel like
1: you have to with this, yeah.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I feel like these type of movies you need to kind of experience them more than watch them. Because if you're trying to follow them from like A to B, they don't necessarily flow that well and like you're gonna have to like deal with some campiness with the dubbing and just like some of the acting. Um, but I think the reason why people flock to these is still just like the, the experience of it. Like watching the the kills and you know totally. figuring out the mystery, whether you figure it out in the first 10 minutes or not. And I think the music plays a big role. Some people could say it's overused, but I don't know. I like the, the use of music in them. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah and you I think you just hit the yeah. nail on on you know hit the nail on the head in that I, a lot of these same criticisms you can direct towards Suspiria, which we'll get into shortly. Right. But I liked the music more in Suspiria. I liked the feel, the look and feel of it more. I liked the the mystery element kept me invested more. Like All of these cool, stylish elements, I appreciated more in Suspiria than Deep Red. Whereas Paris, it sounds like you're kind of the opposite. Yeah. You liked it more in Deep yeah, Red. Yeah, I
1: think so and i
2: think think suspiria is a little more dreamlike and i can forgo some of those criticisms and i have like reasons for it in suspiria it's just easier for me to like glaze over the criticisms in suspiria than it is deep red sure and i think it's just like the whole the vibe the colors the music everything about it i feel like you can just kind of glance over the issues and just like get into it this one it feel like it's a little bit more of a slog than Suspiria. But they're, Travis, they're generally like, doing the same things. Yeah.
1: yeah. I feel like when you, you talked about it, I mean, like I said, I, I like these pretty equally. I just liked Deep Red a bit better. But I think one of the things I actually liked about Deep Red a bit better was that it was a little bit more grounded in reality. And Suspiria does feel a little bit more like a dream and I I don't wanna get into it too much because we're about to talk about it but I, I I won't actually I'll talk about it when we talk about it but there are some other films that feel more dreamlike and I think I actually dislike I, I can appreciate the stylization of that but dislike it more in those three films that I all mentioned Spirit* being one of them um, than in Deep Red where I, I really liked the intrigue of deep red and I felt the grounded in realityness, and I felt like it was interesting and it was keeping me going and I think that's that's a big reason why I think I actually liked this one more than Suspiria
0: yeah that's totally fair one thing I do want to mention about deep red is do you guys remember the scene where the main character is like climbing down the outside of the house and it's like two minutes long and the music is just so corny i was like what is happening why would he
1: not just go inside okay i actually have a large issue with this he's climbing outside the house trying to scrape in the window to confirm his thoughts that there's a room there right Mm -hmm. totally understand you think there's a mystery room there that's a really cool interesting like what why would you not go back inside the house and try to find the sealed-up room and get it out of there? Why does there need to be this whole... Which he then proceeds to do after there's been this whole sequence of him, you know, trying to claw through the window outside, almost falling, the pipe falling off, falling down, like, losing his flashlight. Like, it doesn't... that none of that needed to be there. And then, because immediately after he goes and does what he should have done in the first place... And goes inside and finds the room from there.
0: Yeah, totally. I was kind of thrown by that scene because I was like, is this supposed to be funny? Like, is this like a slapstick scene or something? Like, I was kind of confused by what I was supposed to be feeling in that moment.
1: I mean, I thought it was there to add tension because he almost falls. He drops his flashlight. He, like, quote, almost falls like a couple times. But it was just absolutely stupid only made the stoop more stupid by when he goes inside and does what he should have done in the first place
0: and the score there is so weird like if, if i'm remembering correctly it's like a piece of music that we don't hear any other time in the movie and it was just so like goofy and 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 tonally out of place that i was like it it didn't it wasn't amplifying the tension it was actively making it it was it was distracting from whatever tension there might have been in that scene so like that that whole scene just threw me for a loop I was like what the fuck is happening um, and I guess before we move on um, so I the mirror scene in the beginning I didn't like pause it like you guys did but I had a, I was like wait when that scene happened I was like wait I, I think I just saw a face, but I didn't do, you know, we just kept watching the movie and I didn't say anything out loud. I was like, I think I saw a face there. And then, you know, when we find out who the killer is at the end, I was like, oh yeah, that was her in the mirror. Like I didn't, it didn't spoil the movie for me. And I thought that was a really cool thing, but also kind of stupid because all, all it takes is you paying close enough attention or, or pausing it. And then making the connection with when you see that character show up, you know, 30 minutes later or whatever to spoil who the killer is. And I thought that was kind of ballsy that the movie would show you the killer. Like if you're paying close enough attention in that moment, like you can solve the mystery on your own. And I guess I just wondered what you guys thought of that. That, that effect because there's like a whole thing at the end where it like flashbacks to that scene and it replays it and it freezes with her face in the mirror Um what did you guys think of that mechanic I guess
1: so I have lots of thoughts and feelings on this but I don't want to discount Travis so if you have any no, to ahead. say about it Travis so this movie was made in what 76 75, 75 released in yeah. 76 Made in 75, probably. Like, was there even the capability when you were watching a movie to rewind and pause? No. Right. So if you're watching this movie in theaters, which theoretically would be the only way you're watching this film, you might catch a glimpse of someone's face and think, I saw the killer in sort of a vague impression way. But there is absolutely... No way you would be able to recognize the face. It looked like a pale person with brown hair if you're just watching it through, which is basically every single person in this movie, right? And so I, I strongly, I think that that was really effective to, to sort of plant in your mind almost that you know who the killer is and almost act like another red herring even though it technically does give it away i think you know the capability to pause and rewind a movie didn't come till much much later and yeah, I'm so
2: looking up uh when the vcr was invented i think so it was in the the 80s. invented in the 50s according to this article but i don't think it was made right. popular until like the late 70s slash 80s. They didn't even,
0: start selling movie movies on right. VHS until yeah, late 70s, early 80s. I don't know when. And but.
1: even in the early 80s, like how many people would actually have had a VCR and had this film <laughs> on tape, right? Not my I family. I think if we're talking, right, like like being realistic, maybe late 80s, early 90s, or even later, right? Like, I think if we're being realistic, like when he filmed this, he probably wanted his probably like some kind of subconscious red herring. But but without the ability to rewind back to it, pause at that exact moment, like, you, there's no way you would know.
0: Well, I, I, get, I, I get that. I didn't, like, rewind it and rewatch the scene to see how much clarity there is. But, uh, I mean, keep in mind, like, if you were watching it in a theater, I don't know, maybe you're right. focused. You'd be a little bit more focused. Like, I was, you know chilling on the couch, eating snacks or whatever. And I saw the face. I was like, oh, it was like, you know, with a mouthful of chips. Oh, it's, it's face. Uh, oh face, there? you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I didn't rewatch the scene to see like how how obvious it is or like if you could really if if, if the image is on screen long enough to make the connection. It's I'm, not.
1: It's it's on the screen for, I would say, a second maybe Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of things in that house like you don't really you're not looking for that even rewinding it and looking for that it is not on the screen very often it just gives you like a like a huh for like maybe a second and again only like i didn't even really see it in the beginning kurt saw it
0: Mm -hmm. so one last thing on that is that is there like a hidden room that she was standing in or something? Cuz I mean that's just the hallway. I don't understand where she was if he saw her reflection in the mirror cuz it's a long narrow hallway. So I, mean, I was kind of confused by where the where then, was she?
1: Uh, you the mirror is in an offshoot of the hallway. So what do you mean? The She was standing in that offshoot of the hallway
0: offshoot of the hallway i thought the mirror yeah. was just on the wall across from the painting because he because he sees the painting that's on the wall so, in that hallway and she's standing in front of it.
1: i don't want to i don't want to like get in you know we don't need to follow this thread too deeply but there's a hallway there's a small room off of the hallway potentially a bedroom or something and in before the room there's a small entryway the mirror is facing that entryway so that's so he's walking straight down the hallway to the left of him is that entryway which is where he saw the mirror mhm thinking it was a painting so what do you mean she was standing like in that little offshoot so he's he standing very close to him
0: he just didn't see her right okay not that that doesn't I make mean, sense i was just confused Travis, i was like where how did he not see her, I guess, was my reaction. Can you
1: maybe, am I off base here?
0: Uh,
2: No, I would agree with what you're saying.
1: I'm <laughs> confused because Matt, one, didn't understand that. Two, couldn't follow the thread of the movie. Three, Matt, were you high when you watched this?
0: No, I just, uh no. I just didn't think it was very Are you sure? clear. I also didn't pause the scene and like, I don't really know. Were eating food? i maybe i just wasn't paying maybe i just wasn't paying attention i don't know but i i didn't understand where she was standing but i also didn't rewind it to try and like i didn't care enough to i don't know yeah it it wasn't super
2: clear to me either and i didn't pause the scene either i had realized that after the fact Mm -hmm. the uh the early spoiler
1: to be fair, Kurt and I pa- rewinded and paused, and we were still like, "Oh, that she's not the killer.
0: She's just hanging out."
1: <laughs> we no, we still thought it was a painting, not a mirror. Oh, oh, okay. I still like I thought it was a painting with her head in it. Mm. Which, okay. As I'm saying it back now, doesn't make sense. <laughs> but, that is what I thought at the time.
0: Any other thoughts on Blood Red before we move on to Suspiria? Blood Red. Deep Red. Deep Blood Red. (laughs) Deep Bloody Red. Uh, Before we drop stars, any last thoughts? Mm, No, I think we're good. I'm good at least. Cool. All right. What did you guys rate Deep Red out of five? No one wants to volunteer. (laughs) Paris?
1: (laughs) I gave Deep Red a 3.5.
0: I
2: hmm. also gave it a three point five. Yeah, I was what? gonna give it a three point five as well.
0: I thought you were gonna be like a four or a four point five pairs based on what you were saying. I okay, oh, no, what did
2: you? <laughs> to give be Sesteria,
1: fair, then <laughs> I know now I feel like I played my cards. Um, <laughs> to be fair, after our conversation and potentially in a rewatch, I actually think I might rate both of these a little bit higher. But I feel like your review
2: didn't match a 3.5, but I'll let you decide where you fall. So if you want to is... take another stab at this rating. now I chance. don't right now.
1: <laughs> because do I think it was a four level movie? No. And that's part of the problem is like, at least not right now. Well, it was be- both of them were beautiful and and just talking about deep red, I guess it was, I thought the shots were really neat. The music was engaging. I enjoyed the story, but old overly like the ADR really did take me out of it a lot on both of these. And I'm going to be totally honest that like, I think that that had a huge impact on my viewing experience. And I think well, again, if I had just way more of a different lens.
2: Just wait till Matt and I's comments regarding Suspiria. Okay. This is your last chance to re rate Deep Red before we. <laughs> I
1: am going to leave my rating Go to come town as, on this thing. As, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to leave my rating as uh, 3.5 for Deep Red with a little asterisk that says potential of going up on a rewatch.
0: Nice. I like that. Fair enough um travis yeah, you going get me to
1: <laughs>
0: yep <laughs> 3.5
1: cool, that cool. seems
2: fair
0: all right well we all land in the same place ultimately 3.5 out of 5 good shit let's uh let's move on to suspiria so this is the 1977 Original version, not to be confused with the Luca Guadagnino 2018 uh, remake, reimagining, whatever you want to call it. Um, Plot synopsis is, an American newcomer to a prestigious German ballet academy comes to realize that the school is a front for something sinister amid a series of grisly murders. Film stars Jessica Harper... uh, some italian people it. jessica harper she's you know <laughs> she's she's a face she's great um so i'm just gonna come right out of the gate and just say it i still like luca's version more i think just gonna say it <laughs> um
1: let's be honest same luca's it's,
2: it, well it, you can't really say definitively but do you think your opinion would have changed if you saw this first
0: I think that I probably would have enjoyed it maybe a little bit more just because some of the plot... Like, the plot is so secondary in Argento's mm-hmm. version. You know what I mean? That I feel like it probably wouldn't really have been a factor if I hadn't seen the new one. Maybe a tiny bit. Maybe I would have been a little bit more surprised. But um, it, it, the, the plot is so kind of it doesn't really matter again it's just kind of really loosey-goosey there's weird shit happening in this school you know kind of thing yeah
2: and the remake I feel like doubles down on the plot it adds elements that weren't there in the original Mm -hmm. and fleshes out some ideas and I know I said this earlier but I feel like this is more so going for an experience than like a a to b plot type story
0: totally well, so, like, I, I think the main that. thing, they share plot and set up similarities in that it's about a ballet academy run by witches, right? That's what mm-hmm. they have in common. Whoa, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, uh, just to get this out of the way, I think the remake um, is intentionally kind of trying to be the opposite of Argento's version. In, in kind of every way, right? Acting, like the performances in his version are super solid and, and good. You, you can't really say that. Aside from Jessica Harper, you can't really say that about Argento's version. Which, you know, different era, mm-hmm. different methodology, different style. Um, the color palette, very, very bland and kind of monotone in the 2018 version. Uh-huh. Argento's Wait. version is so colorful and psychedelic and like the design of the ballet Academy is just so weird. And it's like kind of hard to, to connect like the like spatially how everything kind of connects together. And it's it, that kind of gives it that dreamlike quality. Um, and the music is totally different too. I mean, you have fucking uh, Tom York, singing with some weird warbly bullshit in the 2018 version and then in the Argento's version you have this weird like super bombastic like chanting theme with this like what is it's it is it like xylophone sin. or something like the main theme what is that xylophone the main I guess Suspiria theme <laughs> they're I just so no different what you're
1: talking about
0: like the you know like the the main theme song of Suspiria like there's the, a
1: xylophone in there though what
0: I think so. Like some sort of fells or... I, I
2: do feel like Luca was very conscious of that and um, like leaned into trying to make it as different as possible because the original is so highly regarded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually when you remake a highly regarded movie, you have to do a different spin on it or people are just going to like destroy you because otherwise there was not a reason to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. But... That's this fair. definitely is one of those movies. Like the whole s- style over substance thing doesn't always work for me. Like sometimes it does. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't, right? It depends on the style, I guess. Um, I fell for it on, in this one. Like I just, I loved the way all of the different style elements came together with the score and the, the, the staging and the framing of the camera and the weird camera movements and the gore. And it was just, I was... Eating it up, I I really really enjoyed Suspiria uh, Argento's original version. Hell yeah. <laughs> Paris. Uh
1: yeah, I thought things about this movie. No, I. <laughs> you didn't know what I... to think. So the fact that you, you kind of the way you described it earlier as it's almost dreamlike, I think is a perfect way of describing this movie. I want to say first what I loved about it. I loved the lighting, mm-hmm. the harsh reds and greens throughout the film. I just really was into that and I loved it was it was it was almost so like over stylized it gave it that really like dreamlike quality that really like interesting like what is going on here and it's very harsh and very unnerving and very like not existing in the regular world that we all live in i mean no one no one has a house that is lit entirely by red lights except maybe you know people who pretend they're vampires or something (laughs) but like it was just so that oh I I appreciated all of that and thought that was so neat. I don't think there's there's been very few other films that I think have have just had that same like really over stylization that I think works so much. And I think that I alluded to this earlier, but the the two other films that I was kind of thinking about relating to this were Neon Demon. And um, she dies tomorrow, actually, which we've talked about previously. Nicholas wynne
2: Reffin just came in his pants when you said that. Literally. <laughs>
1: <But> <laughs> and I think my biggest thing is the use of lighting, the dreamlike quality, but also, for me, the lack of enjoyment at a certain point where things just kind of kept happening in this sort of, trippy vibe and I was just kind of waiting for something to happen and I think that I also kind of mentioned this earlier I really really think that I would have enjoyed this version of Suspiria so much more had I not seen the remake mostly because I basically already knew the premise so I could appreciate the stylization and the that kind of interesting, the film of it all, you know. But mm-hmm. and the, and 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 the shots really cool, and the music was weird and a kind of interesting. But like knowing already what was going on, I think definitely put a damper on the story side of things, and and the story was already a little bit lacking, and so I think it just didn't. White, have enough footing for me personally, because I had seen the remake.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're supposed to experience it. You're not watching it for the plot.
1: No, and that's what I, <laughs> I, I did. And I loved the experiential version of it. But if I'm just, just going to experience something and not care about the story and really just like let it happen to me, I would prefer that it was 60 minutes or less. So you should watch Dumbo. An hour 47. (laughs) Well, I mean,
2: (laughs) you should watch Dumbo then.
1: No, Dumbo's trash. That's got like a 60 minute (laughs) (laughs) runtime. Dumbo is trash. Uh, We don't,
0: it's fine. Well, She Dies Tomorrow, I think, is a good comparison in that regard, Paris, because Travis did not like that movie, but he loves Suspiria. And they're both, you know, they're... St- stylized and they're on. less focused to be on fair plot yeah. i
2: did like she dies tomorrow on a rewatch but the first time i watched it i was not on that's board. true
0: you still gave that's it like true. a 2.5 didn't you on a rewatch mm, I, I think, think i actually a gave a it a
2: positive review
0: well you went from like Let's 0.5 check to, yeah i don't remember what you ultimately logged it but it was a pretty big jump i feel like <laughs> um so I mean it's yeah I do think Paris you have a point there for sure in that having that reaction because you already knew where the story was going the the weird dreamy stuff isn't enough to keep you invested cuz to be fair there's a lot of right. moments in this movie where it's not that stylized like it can be kind of boring and I did find myself mm-hmm. you know I I think this movie has some pacing issues when there's not this crazy yes. set piece happening yes. like the kind of just talking with the people in the school and like you know wandering around like it's kind of boring you know what anything i mean
1: anything that is not overly stylized feels like why is this even here
0: and that was my whole experience with the movie i would go from like like honestly 20 minutes into the movie i was like fuck this is an all-timer I love this thing you went
2: from six to midnight like seven times while watching this
0: exactly I kept getting (laughs) bored I kept getting bored and like okay well maybe I don't like this as much as I think I do and then the next weird trippy set piece would happen where the score comes back and I'm like okay back on board I'm loving this (laughs) just lots of (laughs) lots of ups and downs you know what I mean and like ultimately I really enjoyed it but it's kind of a roller coaster in that sense of you know Super high highs and definitely mm-hmm. stretches where I'm kind of uninterested in what's happening,
1: right?
2: Yeah, I would agree with most of what Matt has said. Um, yeah, wow. I, I do think it's well, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I agree with what you say to a degree, but no, I'm just seeing <laughs> I find more enjoyment in it than you do, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I think the best way to watch this is to try and experience it and view it as like a haunted house slash like nightmare and if you try and make sense I of the plot that. or like get super involved in it you're you know you're not going to come away with as great of a, a viewing um because like the things that i have problems with is some of the pacing when there's not something cool happening or <laughs> there's like you know some dubbing or some bad acting involved oh, and i God. think that's where you could like, be taken out of the movie or really pick it apart. But I think you're really supposed to, like, z- just zero in on this is, like, a, because I, I just kind of like how the movie's framed. Like, this girl is going to an unfamiliar place. It's all new to her. And you can view it as, like, a giant metaphor. Like, she's going to this place, and, you know, it could be somewhat terrifying to go to a new place I mean... like that. And, the, the you know, the horror and the tension is ratcheted up to, like, 100 um and it's just like her experience of experience all all of that and then like uh escaping it in some sense but yeah i don't think it's really supposed to be that like logical of an experience or you're not really supposed to get wrapped up in the plot of it Mm -hmm. i
1: would say that i don't think this is that unique of a story though because at its core the way you described it is that's essentially like a fish out of water story of which we've seen hundreds, if not thousands of, you know, like that, that in of itself is not really that interesting. The mm-hmm. interesting Yeah. But fish part out of water is... movies
2: are usually like comedic. This is like a horrific mm-hmm. experience.
1: Yeah. But it. I think that that's not even the interesting part of this movie. Like that's kind of the parts where I felt bored. Like I don't care that she, you know, it, 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 and it does almost ring as comedic in the beginning when she's walking to the door and she gets outside and it's pouring rain and she can't get a taxi. Like it's almost, I almost feel like it's played for laughs at the beginning there until we get into the horror and the horror, the mystery, the sort of magical witch element, or as this movie and kind of the second one, or kind of Deep Red as well, goes into it's not magic, it's psychology. What? But, like, all of those elements really, I thought, were the strong bits. And the story, even that fish-out-of-water trope, like, I think that that's just, it's just lacking. Like, I don't care about any of that.
0: Well, I I don't think Travis is trying to say that, like, the movie is going for that necessarily and that that's the focus. That's just, you know... It's it's a it's a trope you can lean on of this foreigner coming to a strange place, and it, it lends itself well to the surreal uh, nature of. You know the supernatural plot line I think yeah, more. Yeah,
2: You ever had a uh, fear or anxiety going to a new place, especially like a new school that no, you not No, I'm always at? a cool, calm I mean, cucumber. I guess. <laughs> I <laughs> no, mean, you have to really lean have into that. that. <laughs> I have literal fear but it's and anxiety there.
1: all the time whenever I go to a new place or meet new people. Like a hundred percent of the time, that is me.
2: Well, this is just a hyper stylized version of that
1: no and i agree that the the stylization and the expansion on that is really interesting but i think that
2: i mean we're dealing with witches here i don't
1: right and i think that that's (laughs) the 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 magical the supernatural elements of it or where it shines that's where the stylization really works. It's creepy and spooky. And I think that that's where the movie really works. I think that where its biggest flaw and why I really didn't enjoy it as much as The Bread and overall had a pretty medium time with it is, is where it. it roots us back in reality and i'm like oh this is dumb and this doesn't make sense and it's kind of a slog and what are we even doing here like you need to watch more
2: david lynch paris that's what it comes down to you need a little more dream i've I've watched a lot of david lynch he
1: is one of my favorite directors i love his stuff but he revels in the weird there is no part of a david lynch film that's that's really normal it's even the normal parts are weird and i think that this the the tonal contrastness of the weird versus the normal i dislike the normal and i thought this is why i was like this movie could have been 60 minutes so we just compacted all of the cool shit into one succinct film i would have enjoyed it so much better and i think part of that is accentuated by the fact that i already knew some of the mystery Mm-hmm. If you
2: get into that territory, we could talk about every movie cutting their runtime,
0: Like cut out, cut degree. out the fluff. Fair
1: yeah. enough. Fair enough. You I know, just, Transformers movies
2: cut out all the exposition. Cut out 100 of the <laughs> minutes. we just have want two minutes. <laughs> robots smashing each other. Perfect yes. movie. Yeah you're making her <laughs> point for you yes. I know There's no characters, <laughs> and, that's, and I guess I
1: try not to do that in most movies because I know it's like kind of rewriting like what could we do to make this movie better and I think that that's not necessarily fair most of the time but I think I wanted to like this one so much more than I did and that's not to say I disliked it because I, I felt very medium about it and I think that and I kind of think this about Deep Red too these both could have been five star movies for me And they just weren't. And I think that's because they were lacking in those areas. But they
2: will be. Just kidding. No, I I definitely (laughs) have some issues with it. Um, It's not a perfect movie by any means. But I guess it's just how much you enjoy the highs versus how much you dislike the lows. Totally. Uh, I do think it is very influential. Um, Mm -hmm. The trees at the beginning, very reminiscent of the uh, wood scene in Let the Right One In. Uh, the blue velvet curtains. Yes, uh, blue velvet. Anyone? Okay,
1: I I was <laughs> mad because Kurt hasn't seen Blue Velvet, and as soon as she walked in with those blue velvet curtains, I was like, "Oh, blue velvet, of course, classic Lynch," and like and... I love that movie, and I was disappointed he didn't know what I was talking about.
2: And another one is the exteriors, and I haven't seen these movies in a while, but they reminded me of early del toro movies like devil's backbone or yeah something along those lines
0: yeah yeah kind of that's like gothic uh hyper stylized like um not architecture but a set design basically i could see that well and i think i do think you're hitting on something there in that i think coming to suspiria on a first time watch in 2021 it's just really hard to give the movie credit for like just how fucking weird it would have been to see this movie in 1977 or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. like not that there weren't weird movies made back then, but I mean, this movie came out, you look at David Lynch, David Lynch movies, you look at movies like, like Mandy or, or neon demon, even like they're I think they're very much maybe not directly inspired by, but this, Movie paved the way for that kind of like surreal, dreamlike aesthetic, like super colorful aesthetic. Uh, is I think ahead of its time, and we've just seen so many movies that kind of go for that hyper stylized, kind of surreal feel. It, you know, us being movie fans and this movie, you know, this movie coming out 45 years ago or whatever, I think it's easy to take for granted just how. Like strange, this movie probably was when it first came out. Maybe now watching it through a modern lens, like you know, the gore is not that shocking to us. You know, it's maybe kind gore, of corny. Though. Oh, Especially I love the gore. Enjoyed, I think I still really 70s. enjoyed
1: the gore, actually, more so I think like in this the, one. Yeah,
2: uh, the dog just eating at that dude's face. Mm-hmm. Huge. Oh, good that shot. was
1: amazing. <laughs>
2: the the first kill scene, the the where she like gets hung from. Uh, high distance also. oh and she falls through the glass i love so the
1: good. staging of that scene it's so, oh yeah yeah so neat
0: so but i more so mean like that probably would have been a lot more shocking and maybe right. disturbing you know if you totally. had seen it back then whereas now you An know the, the, the
1: late 70s yeah yeah well and it,
0: just look at the uh
2: the climax of the remake that is a bloody affair.
0: <laughs> oh, dude! Oh, my God, <laughs> definitely the bloodiest. a lot more, more gore. Yeah,
1: one might even say the bloodiest. Yeah. <laughs> and it's
0: just—I uh, mean, I know we're not reviewing that movie, but like that movie just did such a smart job of—yes, of of taking this concept and and making like blowing it up. I mean, that movie is you could say it's bloated. I mean, that movie is like over two and a half hours long. You know what I mean? So like you could say maybe went a little, some would say you went a little too far with it, but it's just, so that's such a smart remake. We're not talking about that movie, but just the choices to make it its own thing while still being faithful to the original is pretty neat, but the, they're both of on their own. Like I love both of the, these movies. I think they, if I made like a, you know, top, 200 or whatever films 250 or whatever I think they would both they would both be in there for sure like I I really like them both I just uh you know I was I was a little bit bored in some of the downtime in this one Um, but the highs are real high really memorable really cool loved them
1: I think that is fair I think that really what did this film the biggest disservice is the fact that I had seen the remake and I love that one I gave it a five stars like I think it was probably in my top not top 10 probably like top 20 plus of that year 2018 I want to say is when it came out Mm -hmm. and like I I really really think that if I hadn't seen that one or maybe hadn't liked it quite so much that I think that I probably would have enjoyed this one more. I think my just expectations were different too.
0: Yeah. Having already seen
1: the remake. And it's like Travis, you literally said, these are two very different movies.
0: And I think the main differentiator for me is that there just really weren't high highs in deep red for me. Like there weren't any scenes that I was like blown away by or even that I've remember Same. vividly, you know what I mean. Like Deep Red's a cool movie, but it didn't. It's not gonna stick with me. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna forget I saw that movie a month from now. You know what I mean. Like none of those scenes are gonna stick with me.
2: Yeah, I feel like maybe the story or plot works a little better, or is a little more like thought out in Deep Red. Yeah, but oh, for sure. Like you said, I Definitely. I do think the highs are way higher in Suspiria than they are in Deep Red.
1: See that's really interesting because i think i'm flipped in that i like suspiria but i don't know if any of the individual scenes will stick with me while deep red i'm it's it's like very vivid in my mind and i think that'll stick with me for a while
2: yeah i do need to rewatch the remake though because i remember being in the middle on it and i don't know if that's because i was aware of the original because
1: you've already seen the original or
2: yeah, and it was, like, so different and an hour longer. And I was just like, well, I hate movies that are an hour longer for no reason. Like, what are we doing here? Um, but Tom and Matt were very high on the remake. Matt mm-hmm. had it his number five of the year, and Tom had it number two. So wow. just uh, throwing that out there, a
0: little nugget. Oh, yeah. it's huge. <laughs> Good shit. Um... Okay. Any other thoughts on Suspiria before we uh, wrap this one up?
2: The score rocks. I think we already talked about that, but it really is amazing. I, it may be overused a little bit, but I still love it.
0: Yeah. I so I I can't remember who who was saying it. Oh, I think it was Kyle over on um, Southern Cinema. I think he made a comment that they like did that that song just repeats way too much. And I, you know, you queue it up a lot. I mean, you can't deny it. No, no, no. It didn't bother me though. Like I was expecting it that is to be like
1: overused. Let's you think just so? Call it what it is. No, it's a great I don't think song, so. and then Slightly they overuse overused. it, and it loses its impact. I
0: love. Yeah, it every but time. it's supposed to
2: cue you in to like there's something supernatural or crazy about to happen, and I think that's all part of giallo or argento because the same thing happens in deep red they go to that same queue of the main theme at least four or five times in deep red they might do it like eight or nine in suspiria but it still feels very like of the genre of the, the style for but sure. i will admit it's slightly overused but it's also, a banger so I- i'm i'm here for it
1: I wanted to say I looked back at my top of 2018, and apparently that was the only movie, or sorry, the only year since 2017 I didn't actually make a top list, but it definitely was in my top nine, and I think probably would have been in my top five that year. Like, It was a great, great movie.
0: Fuck yeah. All right. Any other thoughts?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I forgot to mention. That I thought it was really neat, actually, in Suspiria, that they had a pretty much all female cast, and that the men were uh, relegated. Is that? Am I using that word right? That doesn't sound right. Relegated to they were relegated uh, to to the trash, really minor (laughs) parts, and like no one, you know, like one has a cool kill or is killed in a cool way. But I thought it was really neat that like. The women really occupy this movie, both as the protagonist and antagonist. And I, as the token woman on this podcast, I suppose, um, I, I don't know. I thought that that was really cool and it felt very modern, especially considering it came out in
0: 1977. Yeah, that's, that's definitely
2: fair. Yeah, that is fair. I didn't really think about that, but um, it is a mostly all female cast.
1: Definitely maybe like passes one or two Bechdel dudes in, in there. Yeah, oh, yeah, and they're pretty inconsequential. Like one of them is the blind piano teacher and the other one is like the handyman that has a crush on her or something that doesn't go anywhere.
0: The super ugly Romanian guy.
1: Oh, That's yeah. Also that guy. He's also a witch, though. So. Right. I meant the blonde kid that like also is a ballerina that has a crush on her.
0: Oh, that. Yes. That the guy. handyman. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember who you're talking about now yeah
1: but but all three of those roles are pretty minor and yeah. the women dominate the rest of the film mm-hmm.
0: oh we didn't we didn't even talk about um uh madam what's her name the main witch when she's the revealed director? no not the, the 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 is is she the director the the, the main witch the old yeah. witch ass looking witch she's that...
1: the actual director the other one was interim or co or vice directress or whatever.
0: Right. I was pretty, uh, you know, it was kind of spooky when she was revealed, like when she gets stabbed and we get to see like the the cracks in the skin and like the like I like the mm-hmm. design of that character. It was it was pretty cool. You know, it comes very, very late in the movie. But I, I liked how that that penultimate scene, like that climax scene played out from a from a horror aspect, you know. The remake definitely sure. doubles down
2: on that scene. Maybe triples I... down or quadruple. <laughs> Love... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look,
1: I don't know if you'd call it the Red Room or whatever, but the Red Room and the remake scene had... And that's, I think, also part of the problem. That scene was is one of my favorite scenes of all time, and I think about it a lot. And I think that Suspiria... I was, I was waiting for that, this, this Suspiria. I was waiting for for that like crescendo. I was waiting for that climax to just go insane. And I just, it didn't, it was crazy, but like it didn't go there. And I think that that was a little bit of a disappointment.
0: Mm Mm-hmm, Sure.
2: Yeah, I could see that, especially after watching the remake first. I do like how the movie ends kind of abruptly. Like there's no like, you know, tie and everything up kind of scene. No real resolution, yeah. It's just, she escapes she kind of smiles and then walks away and the credits roll. I feel like that if you weren't tuned in that this was supposed to be a a dreamlike nightmarish experiential film, the very ending clues you in on that.
1: So, Kurt really it's kind of like winking the way, at the camera
2: it, yeah some would sure. say.
1: yeah Kurt really doesn't like the way that both of these end or even the original Suspiria, which I think was a nod to this or original I'm sorry the remake of Suspiria, which I think was a nod to this one where it just ends I like that I'm with you Travis that I sort of enjoyed that like we don't because I kind of if if it's a scary movie I kind of just want it to happen and then to end i don't Mm -hmm. really want a big wrap-up like i kind of don't care no you don't want to everything's okay scene yeah like (laughs) even if she whether the person escapes or whether they don't or whether it's left ambiguous like that's how i want it i want to know that and then i want the movie to end i don't need a big wrap-up where they're at the police station telling their story like nobody cares Nobody cares. If
0: you're going to make a horror movie, you need to end it on a freeze frame. As soon as the climax is over, <laughs> freeze frame, frame it, call it a wrap. Everybody go home. Cujo did it right. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> there have been quite a few, I think, that we've watched that did end that way.
0: <laughs> um, cool. Okay. You guys ready to uh, wrap this one up? Yep. Cool, cool. Let's uh, let's do stars. I oh, you got another thing, Paris? Sorry, oh, guys. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, I mean I'm not sorry because I'm sharing. Sorry that I waited till the end. Um <laughs> so Dario composed the creepy music with Goblin, like we already talked about, mm-hmm. but apparently um uh, during the filming he played it on full blast on set sometimes to unnerve the actors and elicit a truly frightening performance.
0: This guy's fucked. Right? <laughs> That's pretty cool though. I mean, you can do that. I mean, when you're not recording the the sound on set, right. like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. You're just set. like,
1: fuck you, I'm going to play this really intense score at full volume to just make you feel scared out of your mind. It's, it it reminded me a little bit of like some of the antics that Hitchcock has gone up to, only not quite so shitty.
0: Yeah, or like when they would torture people in Guantanamo Bay by like blasting Limp Bizkit like, sleep deprivation stuff, just, like, blasting shitty new metal to that keep is terrorists cool. awake. So cool. Terrorists getting tortured. Cinephiles so
1: cool. Digest. We endorse <laughs> torture.
0: We endorse terrorism. No. If um, you want to play
1: this podcast at Guantanamo Bay, you know, sign up for our Patreon. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Next episode, we're going to do uh, Harold and Kumar go to Guantanamo Bay, our favorite place. Jesus. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's... Uh, well, they, I don't want to go down that road where, like, is it cool for directors to like fuck with the people on set to like try to elicit the the reaction is, out of them? You it's know? not. Well, I mean, it's it depends on if there's the consent. This is and, definitely and,
1: one <laughs> of the lighter versions of the that era of uh, directors fucking with actors, or even through now. Oh yeah,
0: just playing loud music. Yeah. Obviously, there are things that we're not going to get into that very much cross the line with that kind of uh, hostile relationship with the director. But um, yeah, I wasn't trying to open rep. a dialogue. I just thought uh, it was yeah. a cool fact. Stanley
2: Kubrick. <laughs> yeah. Stanley, Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick,
1: Alfred Hitchcock. Um, I feel like a lot of modern directors.
0: Okay. It's fine. We don't need to get into it. <laughs> Um, You guys want to drop some stars on this? Let's do it. I landed on a 4.5 out of 5.
2: Beautiful. 4.5 for me.
1: I win a solid 3.
2: Mm-hmm. Ouch.
1: <laughs> yeah, I told you guys. I felt pretty equally... I, I didn't want to rate Suspiria lower, but I think I enjoyed Deep Red quite a bit more. I just am hesitant to rate Suspiria lower or Deep Red higher, if that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. No, well, I get it. And, you no. know, that Deep Red a, is a beloved film, so it's just uh, not to my taste, well, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, I, I
2: think your people are out there, Paris, who uh, prefer Deep Red over Suspiria. I will say, to, to, to call back to last episode, Suspiria is a little bit of a come town on Letterboxd.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I, that's kind of the vibe that I got. And honestly, that actually turned me off more. Because I was like, I'm not sure how I feel about this. I kind of feel a little bit negative. I don't know. And then I looked it up and people were like, this is the best movie of all time. Jack off hands. This is in the top 20 horror films of all time. This is a damn masterpiece. If you don't like this, you're a fool. Jack off hands. You know, it just... I just when film bros get too into it, it, it 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 does it does downturn it for
2: me. How about this review? Like, the color red didn't exist until our Dario Argento invented it in nineteen
1: seventy seven. <laughs> See? <laughs> right. Good ship. That person literally came <laughs> into their hands as they were writing that and just wiped it all over their keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so boy.
0: gross. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for the double Dario double feature um coming up the uh, pipeline it's my turn next haven't decided yet on my double feature but by the time this episode goes up uh i will have decided so check, is slacking check the show notes i know i want to do ginger snaps but i haven't figured out mm. what i want to pair it with because i've wanted to see ginger snaps for like 15 years and i have never seen it and i really want to so just have to figure out what i'm going to pair with it um and ginger snaps i believe is on a bunch of those like shitty streaming services with ads like crackle and tubi and i think it's on a bunch of those um voodoo i think with ads
1: did we mention that one of these is on uh canopy and the other one is on amazon prime not both on canopy like you fools told me You
2: know, (laughs) well, that's (laughs) what Travis said. (laughs) I figured it out, but Deep Red was on Canopy in between the time we recorded and watched it, or Just Watch was lying, but luckily it was available as we've established it does. (laughs) We didn't have to worry about
0: it. And uh, Opera, another one of uh, Argento's um, uh, well liked films, are on Amazon. So uh, I might give that a poke.
1: The original, or oh gosh, not the original, Jesus. Both the original and the remake of Suspiria are both on Amazon Prime. So if you have Prime, feel free to, you should check both out. This is still listeners. not. If easy. you
0: watch them back to back, it's only um, like four hours of your time. So do that instead of watching uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. It's a better use of <laughs> time. I mean, honestly,
1: time. do that. Yeah, it's a better <laughs> use of time.
0: Um. So anyway, Ginger Snaps and something else. Uh, Check the show notes to see what I ultimately decided to pair with it. But we will be back in a couple weeks. I want to thank Kurt Morin for producing the music for our little podcast here, the intro and outro music. It's a banger. Thanks again, Kurt. Appreciate you. Check the show notes for a link to Kurt's site. You can check out some of his art and uh, their music. Uh, That's going to do it for this episode. We will be back. Stay spooky. Stay scared.